everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. If this is your first time listening, I want to extend a special welcome to you. You are in for a treat with this week's episode with Julie Friedman, the beauty and brains behind the popular sensory kit company, Young, Wild, and Friedman. We're so excited to share her story with you today. Well, I hope you all had an awesome weekend. A highlight of my weekend, apart from being in Ojai with my family, was definitely all of the different tags of the podcast that we saw over the weekend. As you were listening, you guys were sharing, and that means so much to me. I found that one of the hardest things about podcasting is the ability to keep sharing previous episodes. Every week we have a new one, but there are so many amazing episodes are archived. So if you are new today, just know a few names that you might be familiar with that we've had on the podcast would be Nicola Bothy, Elizabeth Ferris, Anna Mae Groves, uh, Helene Henderson. The list goes on and on. So be sure to start from the beginning and listen all the way through as each episode brings great encouragement and wisdom from all of our guests. Well, I wanted to share a massive thank you to those of you who are sharing the podcast in unique ways. A lovely listener, Whitney Rahim of WhitneyRahim.art on Instagram, highlighted the podcast in her weekly email edit, sharing Emily Lander's podcast, How'd She Do That?, talks with women who are doing amazing things. Recent episode, she talks with Lindsay Zorick from The Avenue. It's so inspiring to hear the stories of women who are doing amazing things. I feel uplifted and ready to conquer those business goals after a binge listen. Whitney, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and for sharing with your wonderful customers. Be sure to check out Whitney at WhitneyRahim.art. Whitney, R-A-H-I-M dot art. Thanks again, Whitney. Well, today's episode is another awesome conversation and one I really enjoyed. Julie and I realized we had a brief overlap at Baylor, which was fun to connect on, and I loved hearing about the early days of her business as well as her many celebrity customers since the early days of making Play-Doh in her kitchen. You are going to love this episode. Here is Julie Friedman on How'd She Do That? Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Julie Friedman, is the founder of Young, Wild, and Friedman, a sensory kit and dough factory company in Houston, Texas. After one of Julie's children was diagnosed with a speech disorder coupled with severe anxiety, their doctor recommended incorporating sensory play into their daily routine to help calm anxiety and encourage language development. Julie immersed herself in researching and learning more about how she could help her child. She began making Play-Doh and assembling sensory bins at home and saw firsthand how sensory play had a positive impact on their daily lives. Julie began Young, Wild, and Friedman in 2017 as a blog to help other parents integrate sensory play into the lives of their own children. Since then, she has become the original Play-Doh lady with celebrity clients and an endless love for serving families around the world through her sensory kits, sensory dough, kit subscriptions, and more. Julie, welcome to How'd She Do That? Hey, Emily. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, I'm so excited to have you here, and this is so fun. We're, we're reconnecting in some ways, but the original introduction to you for me was actually Lindsay, who came on episode 35, Houston Diamond Girl. She said, you have to have Julie on. She would be amazing. So thank you so much for joining me today. Well, I'm so glad she recommended me. She's one of my favorite girls in Houston. It's so fun having another woman-run business to be able to talk to you and kind of learn from. Oh, absolutely. Well, this is going to be really fun for me because after she sent over your info and, and whatnot, I, I was looking at all that you're doing. I'm like, okay, I've got to learn more because the, just just the before and after and, and what you've done and how you've grown your business and, and the story behind it, I 
am so excited. So I'm ready to rock and roll. I want to kind of start at the beginning, and we were chatting a little bit before we started recording because we actually have a few connects, uh, Baylor Connect and whatnot. But but let's let's dive in. I'd love to begin with where you went to school and what you majored in. Yeah, totally. So um, I'm from San Antonio, and when I graduated, I went to Baylor. And um, I was at Baylor for my freshman and sophomore year. And then I actually ended up transferring to A&M. And so I finished out college at A&M. So and, fun. Um, oops, sorry, cut you off. But I no, um, no, no, graduated no. in communications. I always thought I wanted to be on TV doing some kind of hosting or news broadcast or something like that. But um, obviously, it's not the route I took. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, it's so fun to think about when I have guests on and, and we hear kind of what their major was, but still communication. I mean, that's your day to day now communicating with clients and, and whatnot. Well, tell us a little bit about your first role out of school. And at that season of life, you were thinking, okay, this might be something that I step into TV communication, et cetera. And how did you land that job? Oh goodness. That's actually a funny question for me. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I, well, I dated my now husband all through college. We met um, at the very, very beginning of college. Um, I was at Baylor, he was at AM, and we met through a mutual friend at the Baylor AM game. Uh, and then we kind of just, we started dating and we dated all through freshman and sophomore year. And then I obviously transferred to AM. Guilty, transferred for a boy. Um, <laughs> Hey, but it worked out. It worked out for me, so no regrets. Um, <laughs> but uh, when I um, when we got we got married that uh, the summer right after we graduated, oh. and so I didn't really I didn't like I wasn't looking for a job um, <laughs> senior year like everyone else because I was just like oh I'm too busy planning a wedding like I've got other <laughs> things to do, um, and so I just kind of lived at home with my parents planned our wedding. We got married in August. Um, and then we, you know, we, we lived in Austin for six short months. Um, my husband was actually getting his master's in finance. And, uh, he, when we were in Austin, he was like, all right, you probably, you probably need to find a job. Like you can't just like not work. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I had no idea like Hmm. what I actually wanted to do because I always just wanted to be a mom. Like I had no mm. career aspirations. I was not looking to really do much of anything other than raise <laughs> babies. And um, so when he was like, you need it, you have to get a job. And he was like, you have, you need to buy, you know, by the it'll, end of September, like, you need to have a job. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, oh, how lame. Um, <laughs> and so I actually started this is like, so not me. No one's going to, everyone's going to be shocked by my first job. I'm excited. Um, I started working, um, for an insurance company of all things. I was working at Humana, um, insurance, which is like truly not in my personality (laughs) realm of careers. And so I start. I really only did that because my dad is in insurance, and I knew he could get me a job. <laughs> so <laughs> he hooked me up with a buddy in Austin, and I started working for his company. And it was actually really great. He was. I had like the nicest boss in America, um, and then I I worked in at that insurance company September, October, November, December, and January. And then I found out that I was expecting our first Um, baby, which was a surprise to both of us. (laughs) And um, at that point, Kerb was like wrapping up his school and he was like, okay, whoa, I need to get a real job if we are going to have a baby. (laughs) So he started looking for, you know, jobs in his finance realm and he ended up getting a job at a bank in uh, in Houston. And so at five months into this job that my sweet dad forced his friend to hire me at, <laughs> I ended up quitting after I had done all the training and, you know, gone to Wisconsin for training programs. And I was like, okay, bye. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so we moved to Houston um, for my husband's job. And um, yeah, and then I, that's where I had Evie and um, that's kind of 
that's kind of that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's so fun because so many of my listeners can relate to that in, in the hopes and dreams of like, you know, ultimately motherhood is such an amazing job in and of itself. So for you to really be thinking, I want to step into motherhood and knowing what we know now about your career and what we're talking about <laughs> today, it's like, okay, that's so fun to think of you doing insurance and thinking, I don't want to work. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. So to think about where, where we're headed in this story, it's pretty amazing. Yes, (laughs) it is. So, so tell us, so were, were there a few years of raising kids? I mean, I know you even have young ones now, but tell us a little bit about maybe the season of, of thinking about, okay, what could it look like to to originally start the blog and and whatnot? How many kiddos did you have at that point? And, And what did that season really look like? for you as, as you learned more about, uh, gosh, just your child learning and, and what it could look like to assist them in a better way? Yeah. So I guess in Houston, I had Evie. I was super duper young. I think I was 23 years old when I had her. Oh my gosh. Oh, I didn't realize how young. Yes. Yes. I know. I know. I'm, I'm 32 now and she is about to be nine. Oh my gosh. How sweet. Um, so I was, a, I was a baby having a baby and, uh, <laughs> none of my friends had any kids and I was like, Oh goodness. I, it was just a whole, whole nother story there. But I had Evie and then I think, um, two and a half years later, we had Kerr, who's my second little boy. And, um, we were in Houston for that. And then we ended up moving to Dallas for my husband's job. He had a job change. He went to go work for a hedge fund in Dallas. Um, when Evie was three and Kerr was only about six months old. Um, and so then we moved to Dallas and, um, that's where I ended up having my third baby. I had Rhett while we were, after I had had Rhett, that was when I had kind of like gotten all of our diagnosis about Evelyn and with her apraxia of speech and learning differences. She was you know, four years old when we started kind of really figuring out what the deal was. She didn't really talk much um, mm. at all. Basically mm. when she was two, she only had mama and dada were basically her only words. And, you know, we started speech therapy and we did that for ever. And we just never really saw much improvement. And we kept going to doctors and kept getting tests mm. and, um, it was finally at that point in in Dallas that um, I started learning about sensory play and um, how it could help her um, because of a doctor's recommendation for that. And so that was in, in 2017. I think Evie was um, five maybe at this time when I started making her Play-Doh at home and making um, – sensory bins and giving her these different sensory activities. Mm. And, um, I was, I was honestly just sharing them on Snapchat because I mean, I was home. So I had been, you know, I had just been, I had been a stay at home mom ever since I had Evie and, um, you know, stay at home moms know that is a pretty much a full-time job when you're responsible for everything at home with the kids and with the house and everything. So I kind of, that was my role. Um, up until fairly recently. Um, so in 2017, I started making her these little sensory kits and I was sharing on Snapchat at the time, just like, um, look what I'm doing with Evie. And, you know, my friends would watch it. And at this point they all had kids and they were kind of like, shoot, that does, I can't save this. And I wanted to do that with my kid. Can you like post this on a more permanent platform, like on Instagram or on a blog or something so that we can kind of go back and see what you did or how you made that or whatnot. And I was really, I had like a huge aversion to starting an Instagram account. I did Uh not want to do that. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I was like, I just thought it would be like embarrassing or awkward or super weird to like (laughs) post stuff on an account that was like public. And I don't really know. I just was really against it. Yes. <laughs> um, so I finally did it. And um, I just started kind of posting like the sensory activities that I was doing with Evie. And then people were sharing them or tagging their friends in them. And the account started kind of growing. And um, and then I, I made one of our little sensory Play-Doh kits. And I shared how I was using that with Evie. And that's when like, people kind of started asking me if they could buy them. 
And, and that's kind of when my Instagram page started like growing. I remember I woke up one day and I was like, wow, I've had this for a couple months and I've got 7,000 followers. Like where did all these people come from? And, uh, and I was kind of like, well, I guess I'll just keep doing it. (laughs) That's kind of how that all came about. Oh my gosh. Well, it's so fun to hear that you were originally sharing on Snapchat. I didn't know that fun fact. And so your girlfriends are like, wait a second, this is so creative and fun. No, but I want to backtrack because I think it's really amazing. And, and even to your point of like, I don't know if I want to post this on Instagram and, and and, I mean, your business, when you get down to it, it's very personal that, Mm -hmm. that you were stepping out one, just, I even have chills just thinking about this. What an amazing mom. To step into how can I help? I've got to figure this out. And and per doctor's recommendations to say, okay, this is how you can assist. And you dove head in. I mean, you are, in my opinion, at this point in life, probably more of an expert than most of us in sensory play. And correct me if I'm wrong, did you know anything about this realm before stepping into it? I had never even heard that term. Yeah. 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 I was like, sensory play? Well, I not dumb. I can figure out what that means, but right. <laughs> how, what, why does that matter? Or how yeah. could that help? And so, yeah, I really did. I just started reading. They're used to, it's funny because when I started doing this, like back in, I really started probably incorporating the sensory play stuff when uh, around 2016 and mm-hmm. 2017 is when I started sharing about it more, but it's interesting because there wasn't that much info on it and there right. weren't any toys that were made for that. And there was no, like, if you hashtag sensory play, like nothing came up. Wow. Um, And so I kind of had to really, it was like a lot of, um, you know, Charlotte Mason stuff or Montessori based stuff or, Mm -hmm. you know, Reggio type stuff that I would be finding from schools or programs, things like that. A lot of like Australian companies were a little wow. bit more interested in America. It was like, so not a thing. Oh. And um, so it's been kind of neat to watch this like arena evolve over the past, you know, three or four years. It's like, you know, even Target and Walmart and Michaels, they're all selling since wow. we play toys and it's all the rage. And you know, it's all, it's crazy how it's um, just grown and it's turned into, it's really like a huge trend now, which is super crazy because it totally didn't exist back when we were looking for it. So yeah. we made our own product. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well, it's fun. Even for me as a, a non-mom 30 year old, I'm looking at your kits. I'm like, I want to play with these. These are so cute. These are so fun. So, so tell us a little bit. And, and for those of you who are listening again, sensory play. Now I'm going to give my own definition and you correct me if I'm wrong, you, you tweak this, but, but I'm, guessing. And like you said, it's like, okay, well, sensory play, it's the, it's all about kind of putting in all of your senses. So like just play, like using your hands, uh, different colors, different textures, but, but specifically when you were originally kind of putting these kits out and playing, what, what does it look like? Are you talking about the different like symbols and the different shapes that they're playing with? What does it kind of look like to, to dive into the kits? I mean, it's so unique in that there's so many different elements and you guys, I'm going to give you a chance to connect with Julie and see exactly what you're talking about, but you may want to go ahead and look it up as we're talking about it, because it's really amazing to see all of the different entities that you have in the kits. But is that kind of the the idea? Did I get that right for listeners? Yeah, That's what it yeah, is? Totally. I mean, sensory play is any play that engages you know, multiple of your child's senses at one time. Mm. So with our kits, the, the Play-Doh, they are using their hands and they're feeling the texture and they're strengthening their fine motor skills by, mm. you know, working with the dough. And then we also scent the dough. So we, you know, like our brown dough is scented with cinnamon. And so while they're playing with it with their hands and feeling it, they're also smelling it and getting to use their sense of smell. And then they're also getting to use their sense of sight, watching the dough go from a ball to a squished out pancake to, you know, like watching it change and seeing the textures, feeling the textures, smelling the dough. Um, And so it's kind of our you know, we really purposely design all of our kits to make sure that we're engaging as many of the senses that we can. So we put different materials in there that make different sounds when, you know, like we have these little gems and when you, you know, drop them or put them in the dough, they make all different types of noises. And 
Um, so we just are really, really aware when we're, you know, curating these kits to make sure we're providing um, materials that not only will be super open-ended and allow kids to use their imaginations completely and their creativity. And, you know, there's no rules ever, but um, also to just try to engage as many of their senses while they're doing that. Oh, well, you said that much more eloquently than I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, I talk about it a lot. Emily. You sure do. <laughs> well, I'm excited. So tell us, because this is really fun. We'll backtrack. Your, your girlfriends are watching. I mean, you're starting to, to think about this. You, you decide to begin putting it out on social media. Um, tell us a little bit about what it looked like to start selling. I mean, I've seen the amazing photo of you in your green kitchen with your, you know, two bags of flour, you're starting to make the dough. What did it look like to, to begin to think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to offer this as something for people to purchase for me. What did that kind of look like? And and that chunk of time as you're, you're, you're kind of thinking through, okay, how can I do this? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, it's so funny because when we lived in Dallas and I made my first batch of Play-Doh, it did not occur to me to put it in a KitchenAid mixer. And so I was, you know, you have to use boiling water to make the Play-Doh. A lot of people like cook it on the stove and stir it. And I tried that and it just burnt, didn't work for me. (laughs) So I was like, well, I'm going to add the boiling water to the bowl and stir it together. And so I like put all the ingredients in this big bowl and I poured in the boiling water and I am sitting there with a wooden spoon and I'm stirring this stuff around and I'm stirring it and stirring it until it like forms and then it's burning hot. And I'm like wearing these huge like cleaning gloves and I'm like (laughs) kneading it because it's burning my skin, but you have to, you have to knead it while it's still hot or it didn't form. And so it's like this horrible, like treacherous process. And I've got like burns on my hands and, but I like made the best dough ever, but it was like, (laughs) I mean, like my arms were so sore. Um, and I was like, okay, wow. I don't know how, how could I keep, how am I going to keep doing this? Right. And that is how I made my first like several batches that I, I sold through Instagram. I mean, like I hand mixed the dough. Oh. Um, yeah, not, I mean, I don't know. I'm usually like, I always say I've got like a lot of street smarts and common sense. Like, don't ask me any SAT questions, but, like, <laughs> yes. you know, anything to do with like common sense or like figuring out things. I'm like super resourceful. So I like, this is like the most shocking thing to me that it didn't occur to me to like put it in the KitchenAid. And then <laughs> finally, I think I was, I think I shared like how I was making it on Instagram. And I think one of my friends was like, why don't you put that in your KitchenAid? And I was like, oh my God, that's a great idea. So I put it in, I started making it in the KitchenAid and I was like, oh my God, she's a genius. Um, and so that is so, that is, I had totally forgotten about that until you asked me that question. <laughs> um, and so I, um, I, anyway, I started, you know, making it in my KitchenAid and that's when, and then we ended up, we moved to Houston and oh. I, I kind of stopped, you know, doing it for a few weeks and we moved. And when we were getting settled in here, I was kind of like, well, I was still getting people asking me if I'd sell them. And I was kind of like, okay, you know what? I am going to make a website and I made it on some dinky platform. I swear it was Squarespace or <laughs> some like, you know, some like blog platform. I don't even remember what it was. And yes. it was, I, it was like one of those, like how, how to make a website. Oh, okay. Like I put in the stuff. It was just so basic. Like yes. I don't, I am not good at computers or yeah. anything. Like yes. And so I made this website and I think I only accepted PayPal and Ugh. I had one product and it was my Play-Doh kit, but it only like I had zero products until right. I launched the product. So I was like, okay, I'm going to sell I am going to make 60 of these boxes and I am going to like blast it. Uh And I'm going to try to really work, work up the excitement around it. And so before, like I had planned, you know, for like a week or two ahead of time that I was going to do this. And I spent, you know, two weeks with my one KitchenAid mixer making enough Play-Doh for 60 Uh of these. Because I only make, I think it was like 15 to 20 balls of dough per batch in my KitchenAid mixer. And each kit took three. Oh my gosh. So okay. You guys five, can do the math. That's crazy. Yeah, I can make five kits per uh, batch. And it would take me, you know, like an hour 
to make each batch of this Play-Doh. And so I was, you know, making the dough and storing up rations in order to make <laughs> my 60 beach-themed kits that I was going to launch in, you know, it was in the summer. I think it was in June. Um, and maybe, I don't remember. It was somewhere in June or July. It was in the summer. And so I, you know, I had a, one of my best friends in Houston. I, we weren't best friends back then. She is a photographer. Her name's Ailey. Uh, she takes all the photos for my blog and she has a blog herself called Snapshots and My Thoughts. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe if I give her one, she'll post about it. Uh-huh. And, you know, she'll help me like kind of build up the hype around it. And so I like kind of, I sent one to her and then a couple of other girls in Houston that I knew were like bloggers and would share about it. Uh-huh. And so I kind of started getting people, I guess, ready to buy the product. And so when I released that I was launching it on, you know, Tuesday night at 8 p.m., I um, added 60 of them to my my really, really elaborate website. <laughs> and um, I, you know, went back like 20 minutes later and refreshed the page to see if I had sold any of them. And they were sold out. And I was oh, like, my gosh. oh, shoot, my website glitched. This is not good. <laughs> and I was like so bummed out because I had like, was so excited to launch him. And I went and I had, I had 60 sales and I was kind of like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I couldn't believe it. And so I got really excited, obviously. And, um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to do it again. And I, um, (laughs) I borrowed both of my neighbor's KitchenAid mixers (laughs) and I would throw them all in all over my little green kitchen. I think I only had enough outlets to plug three of them in uh, in that little kitchen. Uh, and I had them, I'd run them all at the same time. And I was like, okay, this time I'm going to launch a hundred kits. And I worked uh, all week and um, I hired actually my housekeeper's friend at the time to uh, come and help me, uh, you know, make Plato after I put the kids to bed. Um, and so we, we made them all and I was like, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to launch a hundred baking kits on Tuesday at 8 PM. And at this point, after the beach kit, I had gotten a lot more followers because people, every, basically everybody that got one, like shared about it on Instagram and tagged me. And so then their friends were like, Oh, how cute. Oh my gosh. Followed my page. And so they were like, Oh, well I want to buy one. And so when I launched the baking kit, I sold all a hundred of them in, in less than one minute. Oh I launched my eight gosh. and I ate a wine. They were all sold out. Oh and, my uh, gosh. Oh, I know. I was like mind blown. I, I remember I was sitting at my kitchen table and I was just like, I, I think I said to myself like, what on earth? Yeah. And I mean, I called in my husband. I was like, guess what? I was going to say, what is he saying? Because this is this is such a, like you, you have found the most niche it's not like a niche group of people because there's so many wonderful moms and your kids are for everybody, but, but, but such a niche business. I mean, and what, like, what did your husband or what did some family, was there anyone who was like, Play-Doh, Julie, what is happening? Or was everybody like, no, this is where it's at. This is amazing. Yeah. I think everyone thought I was like, kind of dumb, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I, I like, I don't know, like as the business was like kind of starting, I felt like people were kind of like, roll their eyes at me or be like, you know, anytime yeah. for the first like year, even when it was kind of big, yeah. and someone would be like, Hey, do you, what do you do? And I would just be like, Oh, I'm a stay at home mom. Like I like, ref- I like d- just until very, very recently I started being like, Oh, I have like a sensory play business. I like would not tell people because people would laugh at me when they'd be like, Oh, what are you doing? And I'd be like, I make Play-Doh. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> Cute. And, but then now they see, so, Oh my gosh. I mean, no, even like, I swear, even like six months ago, I'd be like, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband would be like, no, she has a job. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she runs her own business. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I make Play-Doh. They laugh at me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It was kind of, I mean, even I remember my, my dad came to visit in Houston. Um, this was like maybe a year ago when we were in our first factory and he like came to visit and I took him to see it. And he like had no clue. I mean, he was like, what? Right. Like, 
okay, I thought you were making Play-Doh. And I'm like, I am making Play-Doh, Dad. But like, <laughs> he was like, how many people work here? What is, oh my, how many of these do you sell? Like, right. he was like mind blown. And um, it was actually really kind of funny. And so I feel like that's kind of like how it was, even with like, you know, all of my friends and family, they were all kind of like, wait, what? I mean, it's, oh. yes, but it's so amazing. It's so fun to hear that it was, and this is kind of the dream for, for small business owners to, to say, I'm going to launch this here. It comes, it's, it's coming out at this point and then bam, it, it's sold out. And has this just been the continual kind of force of, of young wild Freeman? And, and I do want to ask this too, do you have a name at this point? So let's go back to the beach kits. Like when you sold yeah. the original beach kits, do you, are you named? You've got your brand or is it still you kind of being like, I make these little kits. Here you go. No. Well, when I made my Instagram account, yes. Back when I started this entry play, I called it young, wild and Friedman. Okay. From the um, get go. Okay. I had, posted, I had posted, this is so funny. I had posted on like a mom Facebook page. Oh, I'm smart. And I was saying like, hey, I'm starting like a little blog about kids' activities. Does anybody have any ideas for a name for it? And this mom was like, Young Wild and Friedman. And I was like, oh my God, how I wish I knew who oh. she was. I could go back and thank her. Uh, oh, how awesome. Like, oh, what a cute idea. I love that. And so oh. I took it and I just made that my um, Instagram handle. Oh. And so when I made my first little kids, I put a little sticker on them that I got printed at like some print shop down the street. It was literally two inches by two inches a square. <laughs> um, and one of my friends from high school um, made my logo for me. Uh, and I just kind of like slapped it on this big box. It looked so dumb. And that's what I sent people. I mean, it was a little Ikea box with <sighs> stuff in it. And, um, but I have, thankfully from the get-go had the same company name, which is, which is um, very fortunate for me. (laughs) Oh, well, and I love the story behind it. I mean, it's so fun to hear how really you were looking in in all the different areas for inspiration saying, Hey, are you guys going to enjoy this? What should this look like? What should it be like? And now again, you guys, I keep saying this, but but to see what it has become, I mean, it's really amazing, but I want to ask you this because this, when I look at your Instagram and when I see all that you're doing and when I check out the kits and and now their subscription model and, and everything, I think this is so creative. This is so fun. This is so bright. Uh, is that kind of just who you are? I mean, it is you're, you're, it seems like this is something that almost came naturally in just the, the fun and the creativity. Is that kind of just who you are as a person, as a young person? I mean, I just love that create, you're so creative. I mean, it's like crazy. Thank you. Yes. I have always been very creative. Mm. I love creating things like in, in college, um, I lived actually in a like an apartment complex, but to get to it, I would go the back way. And when you drove down those back streets, it was mm-hmm. a really kind of underprivileged neighborhood mm-hmm. in college station. And there was just a ton of little kids out in the street playing in the front yard every time I would drive by. And mm-hmm. I'd always drive really slow and be like, okay, get out of the <laughs> And um, I actually found out that the school that they were zoned to, the, that college station independent school district over there, they had actually cut out all of their art programs because they didn't have funding to be able to do art with these kids. Oh, wow. And, um, I had heard that from, I guess, a teacher in the area and that like made me so sad because art was always my favorite subject. And I was just the happiest when I got to go to art and especially in elementary school, I just felt like that was such a much needed break in the day to be able to have that creative time. And so my roommate that I lived with at the time, we started a little program for those kids that lived Aww. behind us and it was called Art in the Park. And Aww. there was a park right across the street from our apartment. And we would pick up those kids every Thursday afternoons. We'd pick them up at four mm-hmm. when they were home from school and we would walk them over to the park and we would actually do like a big, like creative session with them. Aww. And so we would have a big art project and then we would do a little Bible study with them and then we would give them you know, food, like they were all a little bit hungry too. And, um, it was actually the sweetest program. We did that my, um, junior and senior year until I graduated and, um, then passed it on to somebody. But, um, so that 
kind of, it's just kind of always been with me to be able to have like an, an opportunity to create. Mm. And, um, it's just something that I've always loved and felt so much. I just, I find a lot of peace and getting to like make things and create things. And Mm. I've even like (laughs) paint, I've gone through, I've like painted a lot of art that we have in our home and it just comes naturally to me to like do things that, um, kind of, I get to express that. And so I loved, I have loved this business because I get to come up. I know people are always like, where do you come up with these themes? Right. And I just love it. I, I love getting to come up with new creative ideas and themes and products. And um, so it's been really such a joy and such an outlet for me to be able to fulfill that creative um, side. So yeah. Mm. Uh, Well, this is why I love the podcast, because that's an entity and a a thing about you as a business owner that many of us wouldn't have been able to know. And so thank you for sharing that. I I love to get down to the nitty gritty of like, this is really who you are. I mean, we can see, we can can tell we're like, okay, Julie's very creative. Look at all these different things. But to hear your story and to to hear your love for children always, and then to Mm -hmm. step into motherhood and recognize, I'm going to help, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to help my kiddos. It's, it's really, really cool to hear. Well, I, I want to know, because we've been chatting quite a bit about just the, the beginning stages of, of all that you were doing. And even, I mean, gosh, the, the, the launch of 60 kits, then a hundred kits. And you're kind of looking at this, you're like, okay, this is, this is really working, but I'd love to know, are there any instances throughout Young, Wild and Friedman that you'd say maybe a failure helped shape what you're doing now, where you were like, oh gosh, that was uh, not so much what I was planning on going down that maybe has helped shape your career? Well, gosh, I I don't know. That's such a hard question. We've had like so many ups and downs with the yes. business. Like there's actually like a huge traumatic crisis almost every day. Uh, (laughs) We're always like, could we just get a break? You know, there's always something, but you know, they say that's the entrepreneur life. And Uh, I didn't, you know, I guess that's what I signed up for. But, um, so (laughs) there's not like one huge instance. I feel like there's been just like a million small things that Mm. have kind of, you know, shaped the business or grown the business, or we've learned so much from it. I mean, there's, right. there was a time, you know, when the coronavirus hit, you know, we couldn't source anything. And yes. that was when my, that's when my shop actually like really went like viral. That's when we just wow. blew up. Our sales went crazy. We couldn't fulfill orders. We, oh. you know, we kind of had, we sold everything that we had And I couldn't source the boxes. And so I was like, oh my God, well, there goes my business. I don't have a box. I can't make kits. Right. (laughs) So I remember being like so annoyed and bummed out because I was like, well, everybody wants these and I can't sell them right now. Wow. Yeah. And so I, um, I, I ended up launching them in Ziploc bags. Oh my gosh. I I don't know what else to do. And it was hilarious. We had just as many sales in Ziploc bags as we did in kits. And I was like, Oh, okay. People don't really care that much about the box. They kind of just want the stuff to be able to and give them this, you know, hands-on play opportunity. So I feel like even though we've had like a lot of moments to where we've been like, Oh no, what are we going to do? Or how did that happen? Or whatever. Right. We've, um, we have the best customers, all of the moms and the people behind the business have always been so supportive of, of us and our mission. And, um, it, we've just had, I, I know I feel like a lot of people who have e-commerce businesses are like, Oh, the customers are the worst. And I'm like, what? Oh my God, they're the best. Like everyone is so patient with us. And I feel like it's probably um, because we have such a personal brand. Like when yeah. somebody emails Julie at Young, Wild and Friedman, I mean, I'm most likely the one that reads the emails. Insane. <laughs> So I mean, I have two incredible assistants that do do a lot of emails now, but you know, I still, I still check the emails. And so people know, you know, okay, they know who they're talking to. It's not like you're emailing customers port at youngwildfreedom.com and getting someone in like India. And so people are a lot sweeter and nicer to us, I feel like. And so we've had a really, just having that support and, um, 
truly just the kindness and graciousness of our customers has been made this process a lot better because I know the customer service stuff can be like a huge depressing factor in right. this because, you know, things go wrong and things happen oh. and people get shipped the wrong order or, you know, it's just like that even happens with Amazon sometimes. And so it's been such a blessing to have, you know, kind, gracious mm. customers who um, cut us some slack when we mess up. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Oh, that's the best. And those of you who are listening, if you've been one of those customers, bravo and well done to recognize, hey, this is a small business. I don't need to get up in arms about this. This is family run. This is Julie chatting with me. I love to hear that you found just an incredible group of supporters and, and customers and clients. Oh my goodness. Well, I you mentioned something a second ago and I, I just I took a quick note of it because you said something rather nonchalant in a good way. <laughs> but you mentioned taking your dad to your first factory. Yeah. So talk to us about this because, and I've, I, I'm kind of, I'm referencing your Instagram and your photos and everything because it's so much fun to see you with all of your kits being shipped out. I get excited. Mm -hmm. I'm happy for you when I see those pictures. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is so <laughs> cool. This is so fun. So I, I want to piggyback with this question and maybe it'll tie in. Um, but what has been a real wow moment for you throughout all of this? Because the growth that we're being able to see and even for you to comment and say, you know, when I took my dad to my first factory, meaning there was a second one, what has been a real wow moment for you where you maybe thought, holy cow. Okay. I'm on to something now. Oh gosh. There have been several major wow moments. I think <laughs> um, but, <laughs> I, at the very beginning of the business, um, we, let's see, I'm Kim Kardashian posted um, her son Saint playing with our Plato kids on her Instagram. Oh, oh my gosh. And, I mean, she didn't tag me, which is probably good because that would have, I probably would have died with not been able to fill the orders. But that was Literally. pretty like, crazy just to be like, Kim knows who we are. What? You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and then I mean, through, I feel like now there's just been some big like celebrities that have gotten our products and actually posted about us or, oh. you know, like we'll get orders. Like, the other day, we just like super nonchalant got an order for Jimmy Kimmel's kids. And I was like, oh. what? Or you know, just kind of like crazy things where I'm like, how? <laughs> you know, there's just been a few or like all like a friend sent me a link from USA Today posted best subscriptions for kids. And we were on there and oh I had my, no idea. Oh, my like, God. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Or, you know, just kind of fun um, moments to where we'll just kind of get like our product will get like landed in someone's hands. And I kind of just always think it's kind of crazy. Like Robert Downey Jr. I heard that his uh, kids in their homeschool, they use all of our Play-Doh kits. And I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> Iron Man buys our kids. How could it be? Um, and so it's just things like that. I feel like are the things that just kind of make me smile and are kind of just fun little tidbits of uh, yay. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, who knew? Oh my gosh. It's it's so cool. You posted a few weeks ago, um, just like a list. And I was like, okay, I've got to hear about this. Now, really quickly, because this is really interesting, because I've had quite a few guests on that have had similar, you know, situations where that a publication might share something of theirs. And you don't always get a heads up, do you? No. Isn't that crazy? Not. Um, there have been a lot of things that my customers have sent me and I'm like, oh wow. Yeah. Why didn't they tell me that? That's kind of cool. <laughs> I know. That's so interesting. So ju just a quick side note there. You don't always know. Who knows? Who knows what, what might come together for you? Oh, my goodness. Well, Julie, this has been so much fun. I, I feel like I could talk to you for like forever, but I can't <laughs> let you go. I, I know that my listeners are going to be curious, and I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this. Um, and this is kind of a loaded question, so I'm giving you a little heads up. But I'd love to know what, and this is kind of life, not necessarily career oriented, but what is perhaps the greatest lesson you have learned? The greatest lesson that I've learned through this all Gosh, I have learned so much. It's hard to begin. <laughs> I, um, 
you know, I've never taken a business class. I've never amazing marketing class. I've never learned how to work with people or manage people. Um, and so I, I think that that has to be one of the biggest takeaways that I've gotten from this business is that I've really learned how to work with different people mm. um, and to, you know, manage people and, you know, that requires so much communication. And I'm such a fly by my, the seat of my pants type of person. Yeah. I am not naturally a organized scheduled person. Like mm-hmm. I just don't like, I don't like that life. That's not for me. Yeah. Um, and so I think I've just had to really learn how to manage my time and, mm. um, I guess manage people and, um, learn how to, you know, if you're going to actually run a business, you really have to commit to it and put in the hard work. And, mm. um, you know, there was times back at the beginning when I first started this, when I was first in my house and I was making those hundred kits and then I was making those thousand kits or whatever, you know, I was making all of those kits. It mm-hmm. was I didn't have the 35 incredible women working at the factory that I do now. It was, it was me. And, you know, sometimes my husband would help me after bedtime. And, um, and then it was that, that one sweet lady that came after she worked at the cafeteria to help me, um, with the Play-Doh and, you know, a couple of my mom friends. And so it was just, there was a, a time for six months where, you know, I was, putting the kids down for naps and laying kids all out over the house and making them. <laughs> um, so just to kind of see it go from that to this, it's been really, really rewarding um, mm. to see that, you know, if you really put your mind and your heart into something that you, you love and you believe in, um, mm. you know, there really is no ceiling to where it could go. It's still, it's still growing and it's still, you know, just going straight upwards, which I just can't, I can't even, I can't believe it. It's <laughs> I, Every time I walk into our factory, I, I, I sometimes I like pause and I'm like, is this real? No <laughs> way. And I, I laugh and I chuckle and I just, it's, it's, it's a dream come true. It's, it's really unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So I guess I've just learned that, you know, doing something you love, it really doesn't feel like work. That's for sure. I never feel like, I still feel like mm-hmm. I don't have a job, even though I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the coolest thing. That's that's like the best quote from this is is just that element of doing what you love to the point of of being able to see it to fruition. And I love too. I just had like a little mental picture of just that graph just shooting up. So <laughs> it's so cool to to be able to share your story and to to hear more about it. I, I know that there's always something coming up with you guys. You guys always have new kits. What what's next for you? What can we be on the lookout for? Oh gosh. Well, um, <laughs> we do have a new product that's coming soon. Uh, mom, I can't really, I'm not supposed to talk about it yet, but <laughs> it is, um, we have a new, a little new sensory product coming out. So we're excited about that. That'll hit this summer at some point. Awesome. <sighs> um, and yeah, I mean, we're always just trying to come up with the next thing and, you know, keep the, keep it going. Oh. Yes. Well, you always do such a great job. And again, you guys, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance in a second to know where you can connect with Julie, but you're going to want to because there's always something fun coming just around the corner. Well, Julie, is there anything we didn't cover today that you'd like to? I don't think so. I think we kind of hit it all. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. Well, it's always fun. And and like this conversation and this connect, thank you, Lindsay, Houston Diamond Girl. Again, you guys, she was back on episode 35 for the introduction and suggestion for Julie. I love to ask my guest who they might know that should come on and share their how'd she do that story. Well, I feel like I am surrounded by incredible women who mm-hmm. have really, you know, had an idea or come up with a business and run with it. And, um, one of those, I guess the first person that comes to mind is my interior designer, Lindsay Harrod. She, I, I actually hired her when we were building this house that we live in now. I really wanted it to be really unique and just be a solid representation of me and my family. And I hired her and she helped really just bring my vision to life. My house would have been a total uncohesive mess. Without <laughs> I have so many ideas and I love color and um, yes. she was so amazing. She had so many wonderful ideas and she really helped me to kind of like 
bring my house to life. And I just, I, everybody that comes in our house is like, this is the happiest house ever. Oh. And that's exactly what I wanted. And so, and she's built a really, really cool business and she has a neat story um, of how she's done it. And she's become really, really successful and she's incredible at what she does. So she would be such, and I would love to hear you know, her story and how she's done it. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Well, that's such a great recommendation. And you've given a little bit of an inside look at your home and it is beautiful. So I I would love to hear how Lindsay has done all of the above, all of it. Oh my goodness. Well, I've teased this quite a few times and, and you guys, it's finally time. Julie, where can listeners connect with you? Well, we have um, an Instagram account. It's at Young Wild and Friedman, where we share all of our products behind the scenes with the business, how we make everything. Um, it's really fun. We've actually just hired a new girl that's been helping me put together a bunch of fun videos. And so we're so excited about those. And we share those all on our Instagram. And um, you can always shop our products on our website, which is just youngwildandfriedman.com. Oh, fantastic. And Friedman is F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N, right? Yes, Friedman. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Friedman. <laughs> awesome. Oh my goodness. Well, Julie, I cannot thank you enough for your time. I know that this conversation is going to encourage so many women. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was the best. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week for a new episode. Talk to you soon.